You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. The question for today's episode is, what is healthy leadership? So there's been a rise in the conversation both culturally inside the church and outside the church on this idea of toxic leadership. We thought rather than pile on and talk about what toxicity looks like, it would be better to, to talk about what does healthy leadership look like in the church and how can we know that the leaders of our church are healthy. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, uh, lead pastor Joe Coffey, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey Donardo. And our question today is, what does healthy leadership look like, and especially in the church? So there's been a greater cultural conversation lately about leadership, and one of the terms that you see often, whether it's in church spaces or even in uh, places like sports teams and that sort of thing, but this idea of toxic leadership and people being uh, removed from their position or allegations of top, toxic leadership within all of these different organizations. And so uh, rather than, you know, pile on and talk more and more about what toxic leadership is or even try to define that, I think it would be better for us to talk about what does healthy leadership look like and especially what does healthy leadership look like in the church. And then maybe even, you know, for you as members of the congregation or Christians listening to this, you know, how how do you know that that your church has healthy leaders. So uh, but let's start with the first question. What does, in light of all these things that we hear about toxic leadership, whether it's podcasts or articles on the internet, et cetera, et cetera, uh, let's describe healthy leadership within the church. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that as Christians, and again, like uh, I know there's a whole subcategory out there of thinking and reading and communicating on leadership. What is leadership? And that's not really what we're aiming at. We're just saying, what does leadership in a church look like? So some things are transferable yeah, and some sure. things are not. And the thing that I would start with is, I, I when I think about what is healthy leadership, I think of Paul saying in the New Testament, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And, and I think two concepts are there. One is Paul is recognizing that people need leadership. He isn't shrinking from imitate me. He, we, the way God has made us, if you can read the story of the Bible, there is always a leader or leaders, men and women who raise, who raise to leadership in among God's people to lead them. It's just something about who we are as people. Yeah. We, we are looking for them. And, and Paul doesn't shrink from that. He says, imitate me, watch me, do what I do. But but only in so much as imitate I imitate Christ, Christ yeah. because in the church, the church has a leader. Yep. And it's the same leader, regardless of what church you're a part of, and that leader is Jesus. So the first step of healthy leadership is that the leaders of a church are being led by and modeling their leadership according to the leadership of Jesus. Yeah, and of course, the kicker is that none of us who are leaders can imitate Christ, including Paul, yeah. perfectly. Oh, right. Yeah. So what happens is I think people, people uh, like that we— I mean, if we, if I just take myself as an example, people will will like me as a leader until they uh, see something in me that is not like Jesus, mm-hmm. and then it's hard for them. For I think hard for certain people to continue to to give grace to that. I always think that people want their pastors to be uh, sinners in general, but not sinners specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even when talking about Paul, I think about Galatians with Paul and Peter. Right where, and maybe this is what uh, healthy leadership is like. Peter uh, 
turned toxic as far as he was uh, decided he wouldn't eat with Gentiles. Right. He was being a right. racist in many ways. Paul confronts him. And as far as we can tell, Peter responded by repenting. Mm-hmm. And and that would be the thing that uh, I think uh, if, if I were to be as bold as Paul and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, I would say, when I'm not imitating Christ, someone needs to confront me and then see how I respond. <laughs> yeah, but I do think, uh, I think it's true saying every leader uh, of a church is at some point not going to be like Jesus. And right. what do you do when that happens? But I also think it is no small thing to say, do my leaders desire to be right. like yeah. Jesus, yeah. right? Because what part of what Paul is saying when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, he is saying implicitly, my desire right. is to be like Jesus, right? And And I think... Some of what you were saying about you know people um, sometimes can have a hard time when they see their pastor not be like Jesus. Right. But I think we're not evaluating just mere performance, but desire. Yeah. Right? Does my pastor? Do my church leaders? Do they want to be like? Can I can I see in them a desire to be like Jesus, right. even if their performance they isn't fail. always yeah. going to sync right. up? And, you know. and even that though, I was thinking. You know, I mean, let me go back to scripture again, where. Uh, I think certain people will look at a situation and say, oh, you're not being like Jesus, and they might be wrong. Like yeah. Paul in his confrontation with John Mark, yeah. right, in, in the book of Acts, and it splits he and Barnabas. And you could say, there, I'm sure if there were people watching him with John Mark, they would say, why don't you just forgive him and stuff? And maybe Paul was right. Maybe yeah. Paul was going, John or Mark, you are not ready for this. Yeah. You you abandon us. I'm not taking you again. Yeah. Barnabas decided to different. It's just interesting to you know when you watch leadership from the outside. Like Mm -hmm. we read, we read the New Testament. We don't. It's hard for people to pick up that they're human beings who were, who were obviously, I mean, absolutely passionate about about Jesus and about and they changed the world, right? But they were human beings who were struggling with different with different ways to handle situations. But maybe yeah. some of that then is uh saying that, you know, there's a desire among leaders to want to be like Jesus. And then maybe a second thing would be to say in healthy leadership is there's an openness to help you understand how they think they are trying to be like right. Jesus. Right. right? So right. even before the step of confrontation, healthy leadership probably invites a person going, Hey, I don't like, can you help me think through what were you thinking when you did this? Right, or right. what were your reasons? Because I will say this, the, the more I serve in leadership, the more grace I have for leaders of other organizations right. oh, for sure. where I don't have all the details. Right. <laughs> you know, right. someone says, right. can you, you do, believe that? And I'm like, right. I don't know nearly we enough yeah, you do that to, well. weigh, yeah. to yeah. weigh in on that just because I think, you know, so many things go into it. But but I do think there's healthy leadership means saying, hey, I am trying to be like Jesus. And and I'm open to to sharing with you yeah. how I think my my behavior, my choices, my actions connect to that. Yeah, let me. Uh, okay, that just made me think of something like with Paul with uh, Mark, for instance. Uh, Paul might have been saying, uh, "Listen, how you perform, how you performed last time, and what we're trying to accomplish as a mission was not good enough. You're fired." Right, you got Barnabas, who would be like, that would be like me and you, Zach. That's yeah. our stance. Yeah. Barnabas would be like you, Stacy, going, <laughs> "Hey, I think we need to encourage them. Don't let them fall off the map and out of ministry. They're still useful." And Barnabas then uh, he rehabilitates 
Mark to the point where at the end, Paul is asking for Mark because he's useful again. Um, But I think, so there are different ways that people, you know, and there are people, I think, uh, who look at leadership in the church and they say they have to be, you have to be either one way or the other. Uh, And when somebody uh, is uh, disciplined or they are, have to be let go or they're not performing the way that, that, uh, we feel like they should for Jesus. Then you have people thinking, "Oh, that's not good leadership. That's not really imitating Christ." It might be. Yeah, yeah. it might be. Absolutely. But I think there is a balance, and I think one of the things that and we just did a podcast and about our leadership team. But that's what I I appreciate about the leadership team is that we can speak into each other's lives to question and say, "Is this exactly the way uh, we want to?" Are you imitating Christ? And we can make a case for whether we are. Well, and I think that leads to another principle of healthy leadership, which would be healthy leaders surround themselves with people who can tell them yep. when they're not being healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. Or they're not, you know, because I think that if I say, if you someone said to me, Zach, what's your what what is your leadership philosophy? And I say, Well, I invite other people to imitate me in so much as I imitate Jesus, a natural question would be, okay. How do you know when you're not imitating Jesus? Right, right. right? And I say, well, sometimes Who's telling I, you that? I know. <laughs> sometimes I know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lets that. me yeah. know, right? Sometimes <laughs> my wife lets me know. But yeah, but who, what you're really saying is, who's around you who can say, hey, that's actually not like Jesus? Right. You, yeah. you are. And I think healthy leaders embrace boundaries, right? They embrace yeah. the voices of other people. And I don't just mean from an org chart perspective, there is at the end of the day going to be somebody, I mean, like Joe, I work for you. At the end of the day, you can tell me, hey, Zach, I understand your reservations. We're going to do X. But one thing I appreciate about you is I, I know I can always go to your office and go, hey, I'm not sure we're right on this, right? And I'm going to be heard. And I think healthy leaders listen yeah. to dissenting voices of people they trust. Right. right. I was going to say, we're right now with our ministry heads going through a book called Lead by Paul David Tripp. And he goes through 12 different gospel principles of for healthy church leadership. And I think one of the things I appreciate most about that book is it's good. It has some really great um, topics that it's talking about, but every single chapter it's talking about the, I just say, the managed tension that there is. So the first chapter is on achievement, where it's saying, okay, if we put too much value on achievement, you could, you know, then just not be walking and imitating Christ probably and how we're acting. But in all of it, it's this tension because achievement's also important. It's important for us to reach lost people. So um, I just love, I mean, I think that in leadership and in healthy leadership, it's always about managing different tensions of valuing yeah, valuing people, you know, if we have an employee that we've tried to walk with and tried to get them to be able to do their job, to be on mission, to serve Jesus well, and it's just not happening, at some point, it's hurting and harming other people to continue and to have them and hurting yeah. and harming other staff that they might work with. And that can seem, you know, to some or from the outside, like it isn't the healthiest thing or a healthy yeah, right. leadership decision when yeah. actually well, it can be. And I would say so, just to kind of add to you know, in a situation like that where a leader has to make a hard decision to let somebody go or to change a, a program, you know, in, in some ways we have to think of leadership as stewardship. And then in yeah. the church, leadership as stewardship of other, other people that the Lord has <laughs> yeah. allowed into our sphere of influence. And so even a decision like that, that could be a really challenging one to make where, you know, you have to fire somebody, for example. The reason behind making that decision could be because 
there are a hundred people who will uh, be affected positively by that decision that may not even know it. But I think what ends up happening is the high profile thing is, oh, well, this so-and-so got fired. How could you say you care for them? And at the same time, they are removed from their position when in reality, it's it's an act of care for the the people that we're responsible for when that happens. Yeah, yeah I think part of that, going back to that managing tension, is healthy leaders know which side of the tension they tend to err on, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think part of it is like when Stacey's talking about achievement, too much achievement is a bad thing, too little focus on achievement. Well, I mean, I can tell you as a leader, I know my too little achievement is never going to be my my problem, right? right? right. I, I know that if if not balanced by other people, if I'm not listening to other voices, I'm always going to drive myself and others towards performance, potentially in an unhealthy way, right? So I think being a healthy leader doesn't mean I don't have that proclivity because right. that's true of all of us. We have we different. We have different, yep. But being a healthy leader means saying, okay, so who am I inviting? Who am I running ideas by to go, hey, I'm not sure. I know I tend to err on this side, so how do I? And uh, I think sometimes when you when you disagree with the decision a leader makes, it's always good to give them the chance to say, hey, could you talk me through kind of what you were thinking? But also it's good to say, hey, can I ask who else did you talk to about this? Right, Because I think what you're going to find is a, a sign of healthy leadership is they'll go, oh, actually, here are two or three people that I ran this by. Here's why I ran it by them. And one of the things we even do as an organization, I know for some reason we keep talking about letting people <laughs> go, which I don't think we do all the we time. But, but I mean, so even really. in that scenario, we've got- I think that's because it's the most, like, maybe the most glaring situation yeah. where somebody might yeah, be Yeah, but I think even in that situation, we have layers of people oh, who are going to weigh in and- on, on that. And part of that is because we're saying, hey, let's make sure a number of people have thought about this and a number of people have contributed and shaped this and- and and that it really is the right decision so that you as a church, even in that kind of doomsday scenario where a staff member is no longer on our team, you can feel like, man, this went through so many steps. Oh, like yeah. If could, the consensus yeah. of five, six, seven, eight church leaders is this isn't working, then I can trust that. It wasn't just one person waking up one day and saying... I don't, well, I don't like this person. There are a couple of difficult things that are happening that are part of our culture now that make leadership in any organization difficult, and particularly in the church difficult. I think I want to maybe talk about that. One is, as a culture, it seems like we are distrustful, more yeah. distrustful of yeah. leadership than we have ever been. Yeah. And the other is this: uh, the feeling of that is uh, it's hard for an American to not feel like everything is um is a democratic kind of a uh, kind of a uh, republic yeah. where they are being represented and served by and even by I elected officials that, yeah. that that they should be able to be a part of the process of any change and anything and i don't i don't think that was the new testament model Mm-mm. because you know hebrews 4 talks about obeying your leaders that's something that we would find very difficult as Americans and because obedience is only necessary when you don't agree, yeah. not right. when you do agree. Yeah. So that it, those two things, are, and yeah, the, particularly the, the distrust of, of leaders and any Distrust kind of, of any information. Right. How about that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, distrust, it goes, I think, even deeper than that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think some of it is remembering. I mean, when the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 13, hey, submit to your leaders— as those who give watch over your souls, right. for they will give an account, yep. right? And it's like part of it is understanding, 
hey, there's a burden that your leaders have that you don't have. You yeah. don't you don't carry. You know, I, I was telling some guys um, the other day when I was meeting with them of saying, hey, what I need is for you to constantly be asking, do we see that Zach's primary goal here is to keep watch over souls? And if it is, I need you to rally to me. I need you to get behind me. I need you to support me. I need you. Now, if at any point it isn't, I want you to say that, and yeah. I don't, and I expect you to stand in front of me, not behind me, but in front of me, and say, "Yeah, we're not doing that, right?" But I think some of it is saying that there is a burden on leaders, and you don't want to make it burdensome, right? Right? You don't want to make it a thankless or joyless task. Um, but understanding that that difference, and again, I think to me, posture is everything. You know, I I just think that there are different ways of of approaching a leader, both posture in the leader and posture in the one approaching the leader to say, hey, talk me through, you know, hey, I know you, I I, I believe in you. I I know you love Jesus. I know you love the church. Help me see how did those things lead you to make this decision? That's such a different posture. Yeah. You know, then, I mean, Joe, you were saying, I mean, just an example, you were, you were talking about um, when you get mail <laughs> to me today and the thickness, the thicker it is, you know, it's negative, right? And yeah. part of that's because we live in a culture that isn't encouraging, right? And so nobody writes a five page encouraging letter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think some of that is saying healthy leadership is, is born out of not just leaders who have a healthy commitment, yeah. but a church that says, hey, in God's providence, he has given us leaders. And that's something that we should embrace and and celebrate because in God's design, uh, he believes this is best. You know, I think about in the book of Revelation, the very beginning of the book, when you have the letter to the seven churches, um, Jesus is speaking each time to the messenger mm-hmm. of that church, which most translations, I mean, most commentators believe he's speaking to the pastor of that church. I mean, just so imagine the burden of that guy when he says, I wish you were hot, I wish you were cold, but you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. He is speaking to the church, but in, a, in even yeah. a greater way, he's saying to that right. pastor, what are you doing, yeah. right? And I think understanding that burden, uh, the leader understanding that burden, that, hey, I lead under Jesus, but the church also understanding that burden of saying, hey, it's not an easy job. So so how do we encourage? How do we support? How do we ask questions from a healthy posture, from a from a trusting posture? Is, is just really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, and as a leader, the healthy posture being, you know, I can say for all of us around this table, like I know our posture is to be about is about Jesus. It's about imitating Jesus, and we're not going to do that perfectly. And it's about, and in watching Jesus, we see him watching and caring for people and yeah. trying to bring uh, people. So, yeah, and I always think too, um, as a leader, and there are very few mornings that I do not pray for wisdom because oh, that's yeah. one thing that that Scripture says that if I if I ask for it, God will give it to me. So I ask for it yep. every day because it. I think uh, one of the problems with being a leader is that you have to know uh, the right things to change and the right things to keep the same, right? And that's almost, that's so difficult. But I think that uh, one of the difficulties with being a leader, and particularly in this environment where people don't trust leadership, is that a leader is supposed to be able to see some things before anybody else does. And so a leader might see the need for change before the average person in the congregation senses a need for change. So when change happens, it's like, I don't understand why this happened. And then there's immediate distrust, and then there's accusations, and then there's uh, people try to figure out motive and, you know, 
I guess goes down a mm-hmm. bad trail. I think so. one of the things we are have learned or are learning uh, might be better to say, and and if you go to CCC, probably picking up on this is that healthy leaders communicate. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things we've realized is, hey, if the only time we're communicating is when change is happening, right? You, you know, it's so easy to be cynical or to be untrusting versus. Uh, hey, if we're constantly communicating, then maybe you are also seeing some things that led up to change that that you, and you understand all the more when the change hits. So for us, that looks like the weekly updates we do, the members meetings we're doing twice a year. I mean, these are just all mechanisms that we're using to say, hey, we want to keep you in in the know. You know, it was like when I was a church planner um, with our partner churches, I used to always say, I never want our partners praying yesterday's prayers, you know, because yeah. if we're not informing them, yeah. they're praying for things that we know, oh, that already happened or it didn't happen or, you know, whatever. So I always want to make sure they're informed enough that they're praying today's prayers or even tomorrow's prayers, right? And I think healthy leaders are leaders who they say, the more people know, the, the more easily they are going to get on board. And I think and that's, that's that's a way we've maybe as a team, we've grown yeah. the most, And it's I so like. challenging though, because we have, with a church our size, there are so many yeah, things, things that are going on, yeah. right? It's almost impossible yeah. to yeah. get all of that out, but yeah. we're trying, we're, we're doing trying. a better job, yeah. I think, than we were. So maybe one question to wrap up with, because I know that Part of the impetus behind even recording a podcast on this topic is the rise of uh, material and podcasts and all sorts of things that are focusing on this concept of toxic leadership and even toxic leadership within the church. So uh, maybe as we think about that and how much of that material is consumed, what advice would we give to people who are Christians who are looking into that material and, and how should they think about it? And then how should they think about maybe their own church, even as they, they read, listen to, et cetera, things like that. And why, why is it so popular to look at that right now? Well, well, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's some, it, uh, there's something inside the human soul that, uh, that likes when, uh, something is revealed yeah. and they go, oh yeah, see, there's something inside of all of us that makes that we want to feel better about ourselves. And the worse somebody else is, the, the easier it is to feel better about ourselves. So I think that's a danger. I think uh, one of the things that is happening in our culture as well is that uh, we we tend to be binary. Either something is toxic or it's not toxic, right. you know, it's or it's it's perfect. So when people start to focus on the toxic, then their antenna goes up and they look at their own church, at our church, and they go, okay, let me see if I see anything mm-hmm. that is connected to this, to what I've just learned about how churches function that are toxic. And I think that's a really, that that's, uh, I think, a very, very dangerous way to look at anything. Right. You look at your spouse like that. You read a story about a bad spouse and then you start looking at your spouse and saying, and, "Can I see oh, anything goodness, yeah. about a bad spouse?" You know, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing to do. But I think also it. when you're, if you're consuming material, listening to podcasts that where you're watching something crash and burn or hearing about something crashing and burning, like what's going on in your own heart when you hear that? Right. Like if it's not, my heart is breaking, breaking for and, what right. that has done to that church or what that people might now think about Jesus differently because of that. And instead, if it's moving towards cynicism and moving towards, let me blanket, make a blanket statement about all churches now because of this, just 
be on guard for that. I right. think it should break our heart as Christians and move us to sadness when we hear a story like that. Always, 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 and right. not make us feel like there's justice. And I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting cultural phenomenon because you know, in some ways, right now we have access to so much information um, that we forget we don't always have all the information, and and I think yeah. that leads us. <laughs> To this constant feeling of being super informed and being increasingly aware, unaware of our ignorance. And, and, you know, I just think that's concerning in a lot of ways. You you know, I read a 140 character tweet by my favorite political commentator and think I understand an issue when I don't. I don't. You can't possibly understand. Well, that's an issue one of the dangers of social that. media, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just talked to a physician who said, when people say, "I've done, I've researched this," yeah. he always thinks. What do you even mean by that? Yeah. You mean you looked it up on the internet when yeah. I've he's you know participated in you yeah. know clinical studies yeah. that yeah, are we different. Could, than, and we could do a whole other podcast on. Yeah. I think we're losing our appreciation for the gifts and skills and experience of other people. Yeah, I think the internet is making us feel like God. We, we feel like we know everything right. and we see everything and we don't. And I think that. The danger with that is we're forming conclusions about right. leaders of outside organizations and even our own leaders based on limited information, and we're losing the ability to to take in information in humility. Mm-hmm. We're taking in information yeah. and we're making conclusions. And you know, and and I look, I speak from my own experience. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm not on Facebook. And one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook is because one time when I was a pastor in Cleveland, I was. Uh, serving communion. And there was a guy in the church who came up to take communion. And because of something he had said on Facebook on Saturday, I didn't want to serve him communion. Like in my heart, I wanted to say to him, you know what? I'm not serving you. What you said is so awful. Uh, you can't take this, right? Which is crazy and, and, and ignorant of the whole point of communion. And I realized in that moment, I knew some things about this guy that I didn't need to know that weren't going to help me love him, that weren't going to help me. Yeah. And and so I'm not saying Facebook is bad. It's not. I'm really saying I'm too much of a sinner to be to be on it. So don't feel convicted by my own struggle. But but what I'm saying is I think we need to start asking what information is good for me to yeah. have, and what information is right. not good for me to have. And you know and and I think and and that isn't me saying don't ask questions of your leaders. Don't get to know your leaders. Don't get coffee with them or share a meal with them. No, I my my point is maybe do that a little more. Yeah. And do a little less intake of information that isn't helpful. I I think one of the most spiritually healthy things that leaders or those who come up under leaders can do is is audit the information we're taking in. What's helpful? What's not helpful? What is loving? What's not loving? I think healthy leaders always welcome input from people who love them. Um, but that really is the kicker. You know, I, I think if you said, what is healthy leadership? Another definition is to just take Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 saying, though I be a really great leader, but not but have not love, I'm nothing. Though I be a very critical church member, participant in an organization, citizen, but have not love, I'm nothing. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.